Good morning, Central Baptist Church Saints, and good morning to you too who are joining us for this live stream today. Uh, may God bless you as you hear his word, and may his word lead us to a, um, a better understanding of God and a greater worship of him as we hear his word. Um, we are still in lockdown. We're still looking forward and missing each other. We're still missing the gathering of the saints. Until then, we're still going to hear God's word on, on these um, media platforms, on, 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 um, on YouTube, on, 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 on Facebook, and on our other, other social media platforms. What we've been doing is we've been looking at um, Encounters with Jesus. It's a, it's a mini-series that we, we thought of doing um, throughout this time, Encounters with Jesus. And today we're looking at Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. This is G- an encounter with, with the Canaanite woman, Jesus and the Canaanite woman. We're looking at persistent faith, persistent faith. Let me read from God's word, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28, and we'll continue um, looking at the word of God this morning, what God has to say to us. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, O Lord, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall before their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, as we draw near to you, we uh, come with grateful hearts that we have your word um, where you speak to us clearly, where you teach us, where you correct us, where you um, rebuke us, where you train us in righteousness, that we may be equipped and ready for every good work. Lord, I pray that you may work in our hearts as we hear your word, especially as we look at this encounter of Jesus and the Canaanite woman. May our faith grow even stronger, deeper. Uh, May we love you with um, greater affection. May we walk with you closer and may we um, love you, Father, as we ought to love you. Um, May your spirit guide us, O Father, in the hearing of your word that you may be praised and glorified in every way. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. We're looking at uh, persistent faith. The term persistent means lasting for a long time or, or difficult to get rid of. When used as an, as an, as an adjective modifying the word, the, 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 the word faith, um, it, it means a faith that does not give up or a, a faith that, is, that keeps on keeping on, or a faith for all seasons. In, in the Christian context, this, this persistent faith 
It does not give up, not because of what it is in itself, but because of its object, because of the, the one that is, uh, it is placed in. Um, in other words, when a person has a faith that does not give up, they, they realize that their hope is in Christ and that outside of Christ, there is no hope at all. So because of who Christ is, you hold tightly to him with persistent faith. It is in this encounter that we'll be examining this morning that we see this kind of faith, a faith that Jesus called a great faith. But again, the word great here is, is, is relative. When, when, when Jesus Christ is calling it a great faith, he's not calling it a great faith in terms of its size, that it is large, but in, in, in the sense that it's an exceptional faith for someone who was an outcast from Israel to have. It was a faith that was not expected to be found from a, a, a Gentile, yet it is the type of faith that characterizes those who truly seek after God. In this passage that we just read, we see in verse 21 that we find Jesus has left the area of Galilee and has withdrawn to the district of, of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, Tyre and Sidon were on the coast of the Mediterranean um, Sea in what is now called Lebanon. And, and Tyre is about 80 kilometers south um, to, to, to modern um, Beirut. And, and Sidon was half, um, halfway between the two. In Jesus' time as now, the, the cities that were outside the boundaries of Israel were Gentile cities. And Jesus and his disciples had gone into this Gentile um, territory to find a place um, to, to rest and to be with his disciples for a while. But, but as it is always the case, crowds were coming and following um, him, seeking help from him to, to, to help them with various things that troubled them. And it is not different here. As Jesus and the disciples go into the, the region of, of Tyre and Sidon, we see an encounter with a distressed Canaanite woman. And this story from verse 21 to verse 28 unfolds in, in five stages. We see, first of all, the turning from idols to the Lord. We see reverence. We see persistence. We see humility. And we see exaltation. First of all, we see her turning from idols to the Lord. Look at verse 22. In verse 22, we are told that a Canaanite woman from the region um, came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, initially, this does not seem to be that significant. Since there, there have been so many that have already called out to Jesus for healing, for, for casting out of demons and, and, and other things. But remember, this is not in the land of Israel, and this is not a Jewish woman. She, she has no heritage in understanding or even have the revelation of God in the, in the Old Testament. She, she is not even in a place where she would have a regular contact with someone who did. This is a woman of a Canaanite heritage, a, a descendant of the people God had commanded Israel to utterly destroy when you look at Deuteronomy chapter 7. Her people had been worshippers of Baal, of Dagon, of Asherah, and the pantheon of the Canaanite idols. Uh, though now in, in, in this case, in this context, many of those gods would have been replaced by the Greek and the Roman pantheon. This, this woman, in other words, has been brought up in, in, in paganism. Yet now we see her new faith. 
It is her faith that has brought her to Jesus and seeking his mercy. And how would she have known about Jesus Christ? It is very unlikely that a gentle woman with a daughter would have been traveling into the land of Israel. It is more likely that she had heard of Jesus from, from second-hand sources, uh, from those who had seen and heard um, Jesus and were now passing through her land. She was coming to Jesus based on the stories that she has heard. I think for a moment what it meant that she was seeking out Jesus. While we must be careful from, from reading too much into, into the fact that she addressed Jesus as Lord, as a son of David, um, because those terms were, were used for Jesus' messiahship, that does not mean she understood their significance. Remember that she was coming out of worshipping a pantheon of gods, and, and so she would use whatever name she, she, she had been told was appropriate. But then again, it is, it is possible that she was told the significance of that name and believed that Jesus Christ was indeed the Messiah and sought, out, uh, and sought him out because of that. But either way, for her to come to Jesus required the first step of, of saving faith. It required um, repentance from, from her. She comes out of recognition of, of her deep need and, and recognizes that the one she has come to is her hope. He is the Messiah who has come to seek and save the lost. She, she cries out to him in faith as the merciful one, uh, as, as the son of David, as the Lord. She, 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 she raises her voice to him as she, she, she comes to him. She recognizes him as her hope. We see as the story um, continues, we see now her reverence. In verses 23 to 25, the, the, verse 23 to 24, it tells us, but he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she is crying after us. He, he answered her. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus hears this woman crying out to him, crying, oh Lord. Have mercy on me, O son of David. And she, he ignores her. How could he do that, you ask yourself? Why would he do that? That even seems cruel. And at the very least, it is not even good manners. The, 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 the disciples' response is even worse. They, they, have, they have become irritated by the woman's continual shouting um, to Jesus to have mercy on her. They come and say to Jesus, tell her to go away. There is nothing in the text to indicate that their request included that Jesus should grant her her request. They simply wanted her to her shouting to stop and so want Jesus to send her away. And we can understand here that the disciples, the disciples' harshness, since they considered Gentiles beneath themselves and unworthy of their, of, of their consideration. Right? But why does Jesus act this way? Our question becomes even stronger when we read in verse 24, he answered her, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The, the, the answer is, is, is directed to the woman, right? But it is said to, to the disciples, why would Jesus respond in this manner? Oftentimes we find that it seems that Jesus is being harsh with her and we wonder why. But, but you see that that is often the way it is with us, right? 
we, we do not have the full information and it is easy to judge based on the information that we have. We do that um, not only with one another and think evil of others when we know only a part of the story and, and are therefore guilty of, of hateful judgment, but much worse, we also do that with God. When something happens that we do not like, we, we, we quickly cry out, Why me, Lord? How can you do this to me? We, we end up blaming the Lord for the evil that befalls us. And even worse, we think, that, uh, we, we think evil of, of God. And I think we should be clear here before we, we continue. There, there is no evil that, profi- that, that proceeds from the Lord. He is the Father of light from whom every good and perfect gift comes and in whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. The, the, the Lord is the one who is compassionate and gracious, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and truth. He is the one who keeps loving kindness for thousands and forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. He, he is the one who cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt with evil. He is the one who is the thrice holy God, who, who is righteous in all his ways without injustice. And we, we may not understand that uh, all that God does and, and why in his sovereignty he allows what he allows. But this we do know. He is holy and just and kind and merciful. We, we can trust in that. So when we look at the response of Jesus Christ, there, there are several reasons why Jesus has responded as he has so far. First of all, he is bringing out the central truth that salvation is to the Jew first. Even Paul, the the apostle to the Gentiles, drives this point home in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. God's plan was for the message of salvation to go out to the, gen- to, to the, to the world through the nation of Israel. And, and to this point, the, the Gentiles have not been grafted in into the olive tree. A second reason for Jesus' response here was to draw out the woman into a greater demonstration of her faith. We find that that is exactly what happens in verse 25. It says, she began to bow down before him saying, Lord, help me. Notice the, 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 the complete identification the mother takes with her daughter. The cry is not to help her daughter, but to help her, for she's, she sees any given help to her daughter by the Lord to, is to her as well. The, the mother loves her daughter very much. And, and take note here as well that this woman is bowing down before Jesus. Bowing before another could, could be either an act of respect or as bowing before a king, or it could be an act of worship as, as bowing before God. It would be hard to, to be dogmatic here and, and say that the, the, the woman's faith has increased to a point that she believed that Jesus was God and was worshipping him. But, but there is a strong possibility of that. At, an, at, a, at a minimum, she understood that Jesus was no ordinary man and was deserving of her highest respect. And so she was bowing before him. Her action and, and, and request brings us to the next point about her faith. Not only was she repentant in turning from her idols uh, to Jesus, not only was her faith in the right object, who, who was Jesus, and not only was she reverent to Jesus, but she was also persistent. We see that in the next 
and, and third uh, stage of, of, of the story, the, her persistence, her persistency. The, the, the English translation does not bring this out well, but the verb tense here states that she was continually bowing before Jesus, crying out to him, Lord, help me. Just as she had earlier been continually crying out to him to have mercy on her daughter. Jesus' response here is of seeming indifference and, and statement that he was only uh, sent to the house of Israel did not dissuade her one bit. She continued to plead with him for mercy and help. She was persistent. And so, such perseverance should be the mark of every Christian. But sadly, it is not. And too often we give up when we do not receive a, a quick reply for our request before God. We may even get discouraged thinking that the Lord is no longer listening to us or is ignoring us as, was, as, as Jesus was this woman. You see, Jesus' delay to responding to this woman's request is, is not unique in the scriptures. In fact, it is, fairly common, it is a fairly common occurrence that God does, uh, in, that God does not immediately answer the, the, the request of his children. He waits, even as the parent often does, do the same thing until it is the right time to grant the request to the children. Children do oftentimes do not know uh, what is best for them or, or when it is best to receive something. It, it is the parent's responsibility to structure everything in the in the best interest of helping the child to to mature. And God that God does the same thing with us. Consider the following um, cases where where God delayed from from a human perspective, granting a request or following a, a promise. Abraham was 75 years old when God promised to give him a land he, he would be shown and make him the father of a great nation. Abraham was 85, 86 when, when, when Ishmael was born through Hagar, but he was not the son of the promise. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was finally born, and this was 25 years later. This was a 25-year delay. Abraham was able to, to use all the land um, he needed, but he never did own all the land that God promised him and his descendant. It would be um, over 400 years before that promise was fulfilled. In the New Testament, we have the, the case of Jesus arriving at Jairus' house, seemingly too late because his daughter died before Jesus got there. But then we find that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. That the same thing occurs in the case of Lazarus. Jesus purposely delayed for two days, waiting for Lazarus to die before he went there. The delay seemed a tragedy to the family, but Jesus' whole purpose was to raise Lazarus from the dead. This woman could have left saying that Jesus was cold, was compassionless, and his religion was bigoted, but she knew that Jesus was her only hope. She did not understand why Jesus delayed, but she persisted and kept placing her hope and faith in him. And, and we should do the same. There are times where we will pray and pray and pray, and it will seem like God is not listening, but he is listening. God is the God who answers prayer. And we need to be persistent in our prayer. We need to be persistent in our faith. Keep trusting in him, holding tightly to him, because he is our only hope. When we give up, um, who are we giving up to? Is there anyone greater than God that we are running to? Is there anyone who is better than God? 
when, 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 when we pray and we don't, we don't receive the answer to our prayer immediately, it does not mean God is not listening. We, we, we should continue in faith, trusting that he cares and he loves us. We should never, never give up. And we see with this woman, she continued persistently. We see in the, in the fourth stage of this story, her humility now. Another aspect of, 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 of this woman's faith comes out in verse 26 and verse 27. It says that he answered her, Jesus answered her. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Warren Wesby is helpful on this point. He explains that Jesus was not playing games with the woman, nor, nor was he trying to, to make the situation even more difficult. He was drawing out of her a growing response of faith. She immediately seized on his illustration uh, about the, the, the woman's bread, which was exactly what she, he, he wanted her to do. We may paraphrase a reply as saying it is true that we Gentiles do not sit at the table as children and eat of the bread, but even the pet dogs under the table can eat some of the crumbs. And what a tremendous testimony of faith. What a tremendous display of faith. When you look at the, 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 the passage, the, the term dog in the, in the Jewish mind was, was not used to refer to adorable pets as we would use it in our context. Jesus referred to dogs with the Jews referred to dogs with with contempt and used the word as a metaphor for things that were despised. Dogs were unclean, and so they they viewed because they viewed Gentiles as unclean. It meant that Gentiles were dogs. But it would be improper to read this as if Jesus was agreeing with the statement. And unfortunately, with written words, it is oftentimes hard to to pick inflection of the voice. And that can lead us astray. Uh, From the response of the woman, we can uh, make a safe and and sanctified guess that the tone Jesus Jesus uses is of one that invites and engages her. So Jesus is not being prejudicial uh, against the woman, but rather uh, he's he's laying down a priority here. Um, Gary Burge says, that Jesus was saying that his messianic work belongs first to the Jews and efforts with the Gentiles would come later. And this is clear in the same account given by Mark in, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 7, verse 27. And this is what Mark records Jesus to be saying. He says, first let the children eat all they want. That, that word first proves clearly that Jesus was speaking in terms of priority. Here's what is interesting though. Some Gentile culture had small dogs for pets in the house. So in her response, she acknowledges what Jesus Christ is saying, but uses the word to, to agree that though the food should be given to the children, though the Messiah belongs first to the Jews, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In complete humility, she completely agrees uh, with the truth that, the, that Jesus had uh, had come first for the Jews and, 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 and that the blessings were for the children of Israel and she was not worthy of them. She, she knew they, they did not belong to her and all she desired was a crumb of God's mercy that spilled over from the abundance of mercy that God had granted to Israel. And what a beautiful example of humility and faith. Well, what a contrast she was to, to, to the pride and unbelief of those, 
of, of those that Jesus had been with in, in, in Galilee. She, she responded in complete humanity, which is the way each of us should respond. That's why we see in, in the last uh, uh, stage of this story, exaltation. Exaltation. It is no wonder then that Jesus exalts her as the scriptures say, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And those who humble themselves under God's hand will be exalted at the proper time as you look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. When you look at verse 28 of this passage, it says, Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Jesus' work was still to the lost sheep of Israel, but a fragrant of God's mercy was spilled over as her daughter was healed. This was a drop of mercy for given to a Gentile just as had been given to the centurion in chapter in Matthew chapter 8. They, they, they were the precursors to, to the flood of mercy that would come to all people after Jesus had completed his work of redemption. The delay in granting her request brought out in her a greater measure of faith, just as the delays in the case of, of Abraham, Lazarus. And, and yes, the delays to the answer to our prayers, the, it brings out a greater measure of faith in us. And my question to you this morning is, what kind of faith do you have? Is it the repentant, reverent, persistent, humble faith that in the Lord that this Canaanite woman had as an example of the faith that receives God's mercy? Are those the marks of your faith? If they are not, you had better spend some time this week on your knees before the Lord until they are. For this is both the faith of salvation and the faith that receives God's blessings. It is time that you spend time uh, pleading with God to, 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 to build this kind of faith in you, to, to give you this kind of faith, a faith that is looking to him as your only hope. Isn't that what we need even during this time to, to realize that our hope is in him alone and we look to him with hearts that are pleased that we have the Lord as our Savior. May God bless you as you consider this word for this week. Amen.